Good morning, Lift Church. It is so good to be back with you this Sunday. My name is Adam. So blessed to serve as the youth director here at Lift. And we just want to say we're so thankful that you've chosen to spend some time with us on this Sunday morning of what hopefully is a wonderful Memorial Day weekend for you. Just as we jump into our service this morning, there's a few things that I want to chat about. First, if this is your first time with us or your millionth time with us, we'd love to get connected with you during this service. The best way that you can do that is by going to liftchurch.info and filling out our online connect register. On there, you can fill it out with as much information as you're comfortable with. Tell us that you're here at church today, but most importantly, at the bottom, go, play, go ahead and please put down a prayer request. We want to be praying for you in this time, in this season, and know that people are praying over those prayer requests each and every day during the week. So if there's something that you're needing to call out to the Lord and in prayer, go ahead, put it down, and know that you will have prayer warriors joining you as you go on with your day and your week. Also on liftchurch.info is a chance to give online as we seek to continue to do God's work here in Rochester, the state of Minnesota, and beyond. Know that your gifts are so important as we continue our ministry here. Uh, we know that God promises time and time again to do more with what we have than we ever could have imagined. And so we just pray that you would prayerfully consider what you can give back to the Lord, what he has already given you. We're going to go ahead and jump into a time of worship this morning. But first things first, I just want to say one more time, thank you for joining us. We're hoping that the end of online is in sight soon. And we cannot wait to be back together where I can do this in person and don't feel like I have to be just staring into a computer screen with the same old bookcase with one thing that's slightly different this week. But we can't wait to see you next. Thankfully, we have a great chance to connect with you this morning, and we're so, so thankful that you're joining us. I'm going to quick pray for our service, and we're going to jump right into our worship. Heavenly Father, just pray for the people that are tuning in this morning. Lord, that they can feel more connected with you this morning than they have at any point in the last week, that your spirit can move within them, that the word that is going to be preached, that the worship, that the ability to still connect with one another online can be something that stirs up you in their hearts, stirs up you in their souls, and that they know that you are moving, that you are working, that you are a God of the hills and a God of the valleys, and that you are a God of everything in between. Lord, we're so thankful for you, so thankful for what you're doing in our lives and the lives of so many of around us. Comfort us, bring us peace, but most of all, bring us closer to you, Lord. It's in your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Lift Church, you are so, so loved. you are too in Jesus 
So I have this car, a 2006 blue Hyundai Sonata. Now, I, I have this tendency to name the cars that I drive, so his name is Bluey, because the reality is you create relationship with the cars that you drive. You create memories. I mean, cars take you places. They, they, they take you on vacation. The, the reliable, dependable, and Bluey was so dependable for a period of time. Until the last two years, possibly three years, that check engine light, that warning light what has been on forever it seems like yet it kept on running it kept on going and and then finally the problems started to come power steering the emissions i mean all those wonderful things all those wonderful car repairs that you have and two weeks ago on a sunday morning i'm driving and it happens the transmission begins to miss and the nightmare begins again. What do you do? I take it in the repair shop. I realize that the transmission has to be replaced. I have decisions to make with Bluey. I, I, can, I can say, you know what? We're done. I can get mad at them, right? And I can say, hey, we're done. I'm, I'm calling up wreckers.com, and I'm sorry, Bluey, for the junkyard you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's it. Or the second thing, the second option that I have is I can forgive Bluey. Now, I know you think maybe I'm a little bit crazy right now because I named my cars and I'm like talking like Bluey's like an actual person. I get all that. But seriously, I mean, I can, I can forgive Bluey. I can be like, hey, you know what? Like you, you've been so good to me for the last 10 years and so dependable, so reliable. And hey, you know what? I, I know you're kind of broken, but you know what? Hey, there's no bitterness. Like, 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 like I forgive you. You know, and, and I don't know if Bluey can forgive me, but, you know, but I can forgive you. Uh, or, or there's another option. I can restore Bluey. I, I, can, I can put a new transmission in Bluey. I, I, can, I, I can get a new computer board in Bluey. I can, I can get Bluey back on the road. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I can bring it back to its original state. I mean, I mean that's what to restore means. To, to restore is to put or bring back into a former or original state, to repair or to renovate so as to return it to its original condition. I mean, I mean we, we've seen the TV shows, right? We, we've seen those, those car shows where they take an, an older, beat-up car and they restore it back to its original condition and get it back on the road. We've seen HDTV. I've seen it way too many times. You've seen those old houses, those beautiful right, old houses that are now broken down and like ready, right? Ready to kind of like be done with. And yet these, these people go in and they restore the home. They bring it back to its original condition. Families begin to enjoy the home, which is the way that a home should be enjoyed. They restore it. And certainly, people, we have to realize this. You and I, you and I get to places that we need to be restored. There's moments in our life that we're broken. There's, there's moments in our life that we don't know what's going to come next. There, there's, there's moments in our life that, that we wonder if God has given up on us. We, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been there, and I think you have too. Those moments, and maybe it's you right now. Like, like, like you right now are in a place where you, where you feel like you've been put on the side of the road. 
that you've been benched. And, and, and for some of us, well, well why? For, for, some of, for some of us, it's, it's like a recurring struggle of sin that we're dealing with. And we think, man, how in the world could God ever forgive me? How in the world could God ever keep going with me when I continue to struggle with this? And so we feel like we get put on the side of the road. Right? For, for, for some of us, it's, it's, it's a decision that we made. It's a decision that we made a couple years ago or a one-time decision. And we're thinking, how could God ever use me again after I've done this? And maybe you can, you can relate to this. This is, this is kind of where I've been. Maybe as you, you look at your life, you think, you know what? There was this, this moment of trust, this moment of faith, and you feel like you didn't do it. You didn't trust in that moment. You, you didn't have enough faith. And, and so you, you just get to this place, you get to this feeling where you're going, you know what? God's going to put me on the bench. And I don't blame him. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something today. And maybe you're listening to this for the first time. We're so thankful that you're listening. And you've got to hear this. Jesus not only forgives, he restores Jesus not only forgives, he restores. Like if there's one thing that you hear this morning consistently from what Jesus says to us in his word is Jesus not only forgives, he restores us. He, he puts us back in the game. He, he puts us back on mission. He gives us a role. He gives us a purpose. He gives us a community to live in and be part of. You're not stuck on the side of the road when it comes to Jesus. Jesus not only forgives, he restores. That's what we're heading to this morning. That's what we're going to talk about. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 21, starting at verse 15. The title of the message this morning is, You Follow Me. That's the sermon series. You Follow Me. The title is, Be Restored. And this morning, this is what I want you to consider. Maybe you feel like you're on the side of the road. Maybe you feel like you've been benched. You need to listen in. But let me tell you this. Maybe you have a friend. Maybe you have a spouse. Maybe you have a teenager. Maybe you have a kid. Maybe your roommate. When it, when it comes to the relationship with God, they feel like there's distance. They feel like they've been put on the side of the road. You, you need to encourage them with this word. Maybe you're in relationships that need to be restored. Let's learn the way that Jesus does it with us so that we can do it with others. Three steps, three steps to restoration. Number one, first step, know it's never too late. Like know it, not just mentally, but in your heart, in your soul. Know it's never too late that God has not given up. Look at John chapter 21. Starting at verse 15, this is where our text is at this morning. When they had finished breakfast, I mean, you'll, you'll remember that, that, that Jesus it was on the beach, the disciples were fishing, and, Jesus, and they catch this huge thing of fish. Peter runs to Jesus. And, and then the disciples and Peter, they're having, they're having breakfast with Jesus. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. So Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. 
and, and then Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son, son of John, do you, do you love me? He, he, he said to him, yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed, tend my sheep. Verse 19, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I mean, this is the moment. This is the moment of restoration for Peter. This is the moment where, 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 where Jesus puts him back on mission. Now, now, now we, have, we have to understand this because most likely Jesus and Peter already had their private moment of forgiveness. Most likely, if, if you look at the text of 1 Corinthians 15, 5, for example, or if you look at Luke 24, verse 34, we, we, we see in those texts that, that Jesus and Peter, or Cephas, that, that, that they had this one-on-one -on -one interaction. And so I think this dynamic, this experience that they're having together is not only about forgiveness, it's about restoration. And realize this, this is a public restoration. What's happening, this dialogue is public. It's in front of the disciples. Now, we don't know exactly where. What was it, what was it around like the breakfast table? And Jesus, in the midst of a circle, was like, hey, Peter, do you love me more than these? We, we, we don't know if Peter and, and Jesus were, were a little ways off and yet in earshot of the disciples. But, but what we do know is most likely this was a public restoration because think about it. It, it needed to be a public restoration. It, I don't want to say it needed to be. It, 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 it led, I think, to a public restoration because remember what had happened. I mean, re remember the dynamic. I mean, Peter was one of, if not the leader of the disciples. I mean, Peter certainly was the one that, like, spoke for the disciples. I mean, I mean in, in, the re in the different interactions with Jesus and the disciples, like, Peter was the one that would step in. Peter was one that would make a statement. And not only, right, would, would Peter sometimes make mistakes in that, but, but Peter... On the night that Jesus was arrested, and you see this in John chapter 13, he, he clearly said, to Je he asked Jesus, Jesus, like, where are you going? And, 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 and what, what's up with this, like, where, where are you going to die? And, and Jesus said, said to Peter, like, but where I'm going, you, you can't go. And, and Peter looks at Jesus, and he says, I'm ready to die for you. So, so Peter's made these these statements, and, and, and Peter's gone public in John chapter 18, right? Not only has his, Peter said to Jesus, I'm, I'm going to die for you. In John chapter 18, when, 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 when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, Peter's the one who takes out a sword and cuts off this, one of the like, servant's ears. I mean, Peter publicly is just this, this person of, of, of leadership. And yet, not only was he in this point of leadership, but he denied Jesus three times. And, and we don't know for sure, man, but I think the disciples were aware of it. I mean, think about it. That, that night that, that Jesus was arrested, P 
Peter not only denied him one time, Peter not only denied him a second time, but it says in Luke chapter 22, verse 61 to 62, think about this moment. The Lord turned, Jesus turned and looked straight at Peter. And then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Three times Peter denied Jesus. It's the worst moment for Peter. It's the moment for for Peter that he's like, there's no way back. It's the moment for Peter where he's like, there's no way. Like, like I'm done. I'm benched. I'm on the side of the road. How in the world is Jesus ever going to use me again? It's the, mo- it's the worst moment. And we've had those. You and I have had those moments. Whether it's a consistent sin that you struggle with, whether it's a bad decision, whether it's that moment, once again, you look back and you're like, man, I didn't have enough faith. And now God has you on the bench. You feel like you're on the side of the road and you need to hear this morning and you need to see the evidence in the text that Jesus not only forgives, but he restores. It's not too late. It wasn't too late for Peter and it's not too late for you and for me. People, we all make mistakes. We've all had a lack of faith. We've all had our doubts that we need to conquer. Like we've had our fears We've had our failures, all of us. And for, and for some of us, man, we all look at that worst moment. We, we look at that point and we think, man, how in the world is Jesus ever going to use me? Let me tell you something. This text gives evidence, gives truth that Jesus not only forgives, he restores. He puts you and I back on mission. He gives us something to do. He restores us. He brings us back to that original state of what we were created for, which is to give God glory in everything that we do, in all that we live. It's never too late. Second step of restoration. It's never too late. And second, get to the heart of the matter. Get to the heart of the matter. This is what Jesus does by asking these three questions. We see it in verses 15 to 17. I mean, Jesus says, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Now, now what, what are these? You know, right? Does, does Jesus, you know, is, is Jesus asking Peter, hey, do you love me more than you love the disciples? Is, is Jesus saying, hey, do you, do you love me more than fishing? You know, do you love me more than, more than that? Or, or, is, or is Jesus asking Peter, like, do you love me more than these others love me? We, we don't know. The, the, the text isn't clear. But it leads us to ask ourselves the question, is there anything that we love more than Jesus? Is there anything that, that we have put first? We, we got to start there. And, and then as we go through the, through the questions, the, the, there's, there's uniqueness in the words that Jesus uses and Peter uses. The first two times Jesus asks this question, do you love me more than these? He uses this word agape, which is a stronger form of love. It's a sacrificial love. And so Jesus is saying, hey, are you willing to sacrificially love me? And, and Peter uses the word phileo. Peter responds with phileo, which is more of a brotherly love saying, you know that I love you. Jesus asks it a second time with agape. Peter responds with phileo. The third time, Jesus goes, uses actually phileo to kind of meet Peter where he's at. And Peter once again responds with phileo. Now, I don't think we should get caught up in, in the different dynamics of the word choices. I mean, there's debate upon all that, but I don't think we should. 
I think where we need to get to and where Jesus was getting is he was getting to the heart of the matter. He was peeling the onion, you could say. He was peeling the onion of, of Peter's heart. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And, and Peter, in this moment, verse 17, he's grieved. Like, it, it, it gets in his heart. And, and Peter no longer, like, relies on, like, his own love. Peter now goes, Jesus, you know all things. Peter, pre Peter presses in to what Jesus knows about Peter's love. And Peter says, you know all things. You know that I love you. And sometimes, most of the time, this is what we need to do. Is we, we, we need to rely, we need to trust in what Jesus knows of, of the authenticity of our hearts. That, that we need to pull the onion back. That, that, that we need to get to the, to the heart of the matter. We, we need to get to the heart of the failure. Why? Why did we keep on sinning? Why did we do this? Why did Peter deny? Why? What is it? And the easiest thing we can do is look at the stuff that's at the surface. The easiest thing we can do is blame somebody else. But I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Go deeper. What is it that you're struggling with? Get to the heart of the matter. Is it about trust? Is it about, is it about love? Like, get to that 10%. I mean, lift church. We're asking. We're going on this journey right now. We're talking about this autopsy without blame, right? Where we're doing this autopsy of lift church. And I just want to encourage you, do an autopsy of your own heart. Peel back the onion. Peel back the layers of your heart. And get to the heart of the matter. If you're struggling, why? Don't settle for what's easy. I'm trying to raise three kids. It's not easy. I have kids that are 20, 17, and 15-year-old. They are the absolute joy of my life. And it is, it's also one of the most challenging things you, you can do is to try to raise three kids, try to raise five kids, try to raise right, any kid. And, and my 15-year-old son, is, his name is Micah. And uh, man, I, I just love him dearly. Uh, he's my favorite son and only son, so I, so I can say that. Uh, but, but Micah has a difficult time in, in just trying to communicate uh, it, when it comes to like the hard things. And, and there's been moments in, in our relationship where I've been asking Micah, and once again, I don't want to get into specifics, but I've been asking Micah like, hey, Micah, can you cut the lawn? Hey, Micah, do you want to drive? Hey, Micah, do you want to do whatever it is? And he gives us his favorite his favorite response consistently, which is, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Hey, Micah, why did you do that? I, I don't know. Hey, hey, Micah, why don't you do that? I, I don't know. There was one specific time. Once again, I'm not going to get into the specifics, but there was this one moment where Micah and I were going back and forth, and it got pretty intense, and I was getting frustrated as a dad, and I was just like, Micah, I just want to know why you wouldn't do it. And it was 24 hours later that Micah came back and he said, he said to me, once again, I don't want to be specific, but he said, Dad, I, I didn't know. Dad, I was, I was scared. And I was like, Micah, like, share your heart with me. You know what I mean? Like, let's get to the heart of the matter. When it comes to our relationship with God, get to the heart of the matter. 
pull back the depth. Jesus not only forgives, he restores three steps to restore, three steps of restoration. It's never too late. Get to the heart of the matter and follow, and finally be willing to follow again. Now, before we get into verse 18, I, I, I want to bring this up. I want to make sure we get to this. When Jesus restores Peter, when Jesus says, like when Jesus restores Peter, think about the words that he uses. He doesn't use a position. He doesn't use a title. He uses action. Feed my sheep. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. And let me tell you something. Some of you have been put on the side of the road. Maybe some of you were in ministry at one time, and now you're on the side of the road. And you're wondering, has God given up on me? Let me tell you something. God calls you to the mission. There may be a position that you may not be able to hold. Hey, you can still do what Jesus is asking you to do. You can still love. You can still pursue. You can still shepherd. You can still do these things. Let's look at verse 18. Let's look at what Jesus ultimately asks. Verse 18 to 19. So Jesus, uh, so truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Are you willing to follow Jesus again? Are you, are you willing to, to get back in the mission? Are you willing to, to take the step of faith that, that Jesus is asking you to do? Because let me tell you something. Jesus not only forgives, he restores. He wants you back in the mission. Are you willing to follow? And look at what's in front of Peter. Not anything that's incredibly fun. Look at what's in front. It's one of sacrifice. It's one of you are going to be led to a place that you do not want to go. You are going to be, like, you're going to be martyred. It's, it's going to get messy, Peter. Are you willing to follow? And followers of Jesus, like, we have to realize that the life that Jesus calls us to is not, is not one of easiness. It's, it's not one of, like, simple, like it's, it's, it's complex. It's hard. It's, it's a life of following. It's, it's a life of sacrifice. It's a life of denying ourselves. And Jesus says, follow me. Because I'm sure Peter in his mind was thinking, man, how, what's going to happen? Can I, can I know the details? And Jesus says, follow me. When I was younger, I mean, honestly, I was like three or four. And uh, I have older brother, older sister. And so we were, uh, my family loved to do some snow skiing. And uh, I remember being like three or four, and uh, and my 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 like my family snow skiing, so I was gonna snow ski. Like like nothing was gonna stop me. And so I remember uh, getting the skis on with my grandpa. My grandpa was an amazing man, incredible patience. He taught me how to ski, and uh, and and this is this is what he would do. He he would slowly go down that hill with me. He'd slowly go down that mountain with me, and he would just say this: "Follow me." I would look like at the whole mountain and I'd be like, I'd be scared and I'd see the moguls in front of me and he'd say, follow me. Follow where I'm going. And I'm telling you, follow Jesus. It may be scary. We may not what the future holds, but Jesus says this, follow me. Let me tell you something. Jesus not only forgives, 
he restores. He wants you back in the game. He wants you back on mission. And if you've given up, if you've given up on yourself, if you've given up on your relationship with God, Jesus hasn't. He hasn't. And he not only forgives you, but he wants you back. He restores you. It's never too late. It's never too late. Get to the heart of the matter. Get to the heart of the matter of the failure. Confess it. Surrender. And be willing to follow again. Peter, at the end of his life, said this in 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 6 to 11. He says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm, resist him, stand firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to him. Be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for this moment of restoration. We pray, Lord, I pray for anyone who's been failing, anyone who's feel like they're on the side of the road, Lord Jesus, that you have not given up on them. Lord Jesus, that you not only will forgive, but you will restore them and bring them back to the mission. Lord, thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you for getting to the heart of the matter. And thank you, Lord, for always giving us that second chance. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I've been strong and I've been broken within a moment. I've been faithful and I've been reckless at every bend. I've held everything together and watched it shatter. I've stood tall and I have crumbled in the same breath. I have wrestled and I have trembled towards surrender. Chased my heart adrift and drifted home again. Plundered, blessed till I've been desperate to find redemption. In a time I turn around, Lord. Who you are 
grace I can never add up to be somebody you still want somehow. You love me as you find.
somebody you still want. Some